I had this spirit on me that was just angry. I was just so mad at everything. I, you know, I just, I was just frustrated with life. I was done. And, uh, uh, I just talked to, uh, I talked to my wife when, or my wife now, girlfriend then, uh, I talked to her, uh, one night and, uh, we were on the way back from a date. Day went great. Uh, everything was happy. We were, we had a great night. And, uh, on the drive back, she just, uh, I just texted her. And I was like, I'm just so mad at everything. It's like, I don't even know why. Like, as soon as I dropped you off, I'm just mad. I was like, I just want to go hit something. You know, I was so really? frustrated. It was just on me so bad. Before we get started today, I wanted to say thank you to all of those who have donated to this channel. If you don't know, down below, you can click the donate button to support the channel and you can give a one-time or you can give monthly. If you're on Facebook, look up Faith and Failures. It's just like the podcast, and actually some of the podcast episodes are coming from people in this group. Right now, there are over 400 people in this group. We're talking about real topics, answering and asking the hard questions. And that's the vision that I have for this podcast. The search for truth should not be something that you have to seek out alone. We're all in this together. We need to bring down the denominational divide and search for truth together. And right now, if you go to faithandfailures.com, you can see weekly blogs, every episode that I put out every week, and every Tuesday, we have just started putting out the video of every episode. So check us out on YouTube at Faith and Failures. All right, let's get started. What's up, guys? Welcome to Faith and Failures. Today I have with me Austin Elmore, and he is a bivocational youth pastor, volunteer. That's very important. <laughs> He's going to touch on that later. And uh, what's up, man? Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me. Um, it was kind of a cool experience to get to do this with you and uh, looking forward to it uh, for the last few days uh, since we talked about the possibility. Yeah, I'm excited. So if you don't mind, can you kind of tell people um, where you're at, where you're doing ministry at, um, and maybe kind of a little bit since you're bivocational, what you do full time, maybe what your wife does, kind of the things that you do to support your family and then also youth pastoring on top of that with all the things that come with that label. Yeah, man, for sure. So um, basically, uh, like you said, my name is Austin Elmore. I live over in um, Manford, Oklahoma. We um, uh, go to Freedom Hill Baptist Church, and uh, I'm the the bivocational youth pastor over there. Uh, We've been at that church for about 10 years now, um, going on 11. Um, I've been the the, uh, youth pastor over there for about four and some change going on five, I think. And, um, uh, me and my wife, uh, her name is Sarah. Uh, we've been married for five years going on six in January. So I've um, been married for five years. Hey, there you go. Past April. Yeah. Awesome. Right on. Congratulations. I made it five years. Woo. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> five more and hopefully what? 20 plus more to go. Yeah, right. At least that's it. What, how much is a life sentence? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh man. Hopefully she don't listen uh, to that. Yeah. We'll just edit that part out later, right? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in trouble. I get in trouble a lot from her. Oh yeah. Well we'll we'll be uh we'll be kindred spirits then because uh <laughs> I, I do plenty of that myself. I don't need any help. <laughs> that makes it fun. If but, we didn't act this way, they would get bored. Let's just be honest. That's true. We just throw a little spice in their life, you know? Hey, you're welcome, ladies. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's worse. We're just digging deeper. Yeah. It gets deeper. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so how did yeah. you, how did you get into ministry? Were you asked to do the position or is it something that you've kind of felt God stirring it for a while in your heart or? Yeah. So do you, you want the long story or the short story? <laughs> hey, give it to me, man. I got at least an hour or more. <laughs> right on. Um, <clears throat> so basically, I mean, uh, really the, to answer that, I have to pretty much go into my testimony a little bit. Cause that's, yeah. that's basically the part of it that, that got me here. So, um, basically, uh, my wife and I, uh, we were kind of like, you know, high school sweethearts. We, we knew each other, uh, went to a church event. One of my friends invited me in eighth grade, uh, to go to this church event. And then we met there. Uh, it, it went really great. She told me I was annoying and had a really big head. So, I knew it was love from the very first start, you know, right. it was great. So, but then, uh, yeah, I must've done something right. You know? It worked. But, uh, yeah. So hey, I, uh, I kid anyway. you not, my wife kind of told me the same thing. She was, she hey, was I go. was too goofy and I couldn't be serious and all this other stuff, but, uh, but yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it we worked. got we got proof. We got proof that it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so yeah, so we um, we met there for the first time, you know, and then we end up going back to tech together because uh, we went to separate schools and uh, uh, we started dating then and everything. And so I was not, um, you know, I'd, I'd gone to church growing up and everything, but uh, mm-hmm. and I knew knew who God was. Um, I knew, you know, who he was supposed to be uh, to me. I knew that at this point. I knew he had a bunch of rules and had a bunch of stuff that I was supposed to do and not supposed to do. And somehow that made me a better person or didn't. (laughs) Right. And, uh, you know, that's what it was to me at that point. And then, uh, I was, uh, um, I was all, all about working and and welding and forget school and I want to go make some money and, uh, buy a bigger truck and a nice, you know, and all this kind of stuff, (laughs) you know, uh, typical high schooler, I guess. And, uh, just running the muck of things. And, uh, my uh, uh, my senior year, uh, me and her relationship got a little bit more uh, serious. You know, we were uh, uh, just kind of growing in our relationship, and um, she she you know she had told me from the very beginning, if hey, this is where I'm at on Sunday, this is where I'm at on Wednesday. If you want to hang out me on with me on those days, this is where I'll be. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> that's right, that's right. She 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 hooked me in. So uh, anyway, so <clears throat> I started going, started going to church with her and her family, and uh, um, basically just behind the scenes, God was slowly working on me, you know, so slowly melting my heart and getting me prepared, and uh, just subtle things, you know, I was starting to see this and see that, understand, okay, well, there's a little bit more to this than what I thought, you know, and uh, but the byproduct of that is, you know sin and was and and just i know that the devil was just trying to hang on to me he didn't want to let go and so i just i had this spirit on me that was just angry i was just so mad at everything you know i just i was just frustrated with life i was done and uh um, i just talked to uh i talked to my wife when or my wife now girlfriend then uh i talked to her uh one night and uh, we were on the way back from a date day went great Uh, everything was happy we were we had a great night and uh, on the drive back, she just, uh, I just texted her and I was like, I'm just so mad at everything. It's like, I don't even know why. Like, as soon as I dropped you off, I'm just mad. I was like, I just want to go hit something. You know, I was so really? frustrated. It was just on me so bad. And, and you know, I, I had things going on like, you know, like my uh, uh, just, I didn't like school. Um, I, my dad's been in the military for uh, going on 30 years here pretty soon. So I grew up an army brat. So, uh, he's, you know, had to go a lot and, uh, deployed a couple times and stuff like that. So there was things to be frustrated about, you know, everybody's got those, but I was just so frustrated. And so I went home and I was sitting outside. It sounds like super redneck, but I was sitting outside on my tractor, just chilling. (laughs) Because that's what I guess what we do. Yeah. That's what, that's what we do in Oklahoma. I guess. Sticking out of your mouth. That's right. Had had the the, the ten gallon hat. You know, I was just chilling. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was just sitting out there, and uh, I, I was so frustrated. And I just remember talking to God, and I was like, "Just I don't know what this is. I don't know what you want from me, but I just just I'm so mad. Just I need to figure this out." And then, literally, like not even two seconds later, um, uh, a youth pastor from a church that I went to a few times, and I didn't even really, I, I knew that I knew him fairly well, you know, like on a friendly basis, but mm-hmm. never really connected with him, like, you know, any type of theology or him trying to too much like depth of discipleship or anything. Yeah. And he just calls me and he's like, Hey man, he's like, I just want to check on it. This is like 1030, 1045 at night. And he's like, Hey man, uh, God just laid you on my heart. And I just felt like I needed to call and check on you. Wow. And I was like, all right, God. I was like, okay, all right, I'm listening. Yeah. So he's like, why don't you just come over to the house and let's talk? And I was like, cool, let's do it. So I jumped in my truck, drove over there. And, um, that, that night we, we talked about everything. I told them how I was feeling, what was going on. And that's, you know, and I, I had received, I received salvation. I, um, just committed and surrendered my life. And it was a, it was kind of a cool thing because, I was my my salvation in my life was kind of like my 180, yeah. you know, like it wasn't it wasn't like, yeah, I, I surrendered my life or I, I you know I received salvation, I, I proclaimed Jesus and that kind of stuff, but 
I'm not really fully ready to surrender yet. That kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm all in. This is the way it's going to be. It's awesome. It's there's no other way. You know what I mean? I was like, this yeah. is the only way now. I'm tired of this anger. I'm tired of feeling this way. It's I'm done. So I guess I was just hard headed enough that God knew he's going to have to make it something, <laughs> something intense for me to really stick with it. You know, I don't know, but that's how I have to learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like he created us or something. I don't know. Yeah. He, it's like he knows us. I don't so know. So it's his fault. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so, um, but, but after that point, I started getting more involved in, in, in the church with, with my wife, uh, mm-hmm. at the church we're at now and started getting more involved. I got, um, I instantly just kind of felt connected with the youth group that we were going to, cause I was still a senior at this time. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that first year of my salvation was the first year that I went to Falls Creek or any type of church camp really ever mm-hmm. um, that I can remember anyway, maybe when I was a little kid. But anyway, so we went to that and I just I felt like I was just falling right into like different leadership things like the the sponsors there were asking me, like, hey, you want you to lead us in prayer or hey, you want to read this or you, you know what I mean? Like little things. Yeah. And and I was just kind of feeling that and seeing that. And then uh, I just I got there and I was just praying and praying, trying to figure out what was going on. And then like the third night there, um, they actually had a specific altar call for um, calls to ministry. And I was like, dang. And I was sitting there, you know, I was just sitting there and I was praying. And I could feel it. And then my, and Sarah, my wife, she was sitting there next to me and she was she was just praying for me. And she looked over at me. And she was like, you know, you got to go down there. Right. And I was like uh, I do. And then she's like, like, yeah, like, you know, like this is, yeah, you got to go down there. Like, let's go get this taken care of. And I was like, all right. So <laughs> Quit being stupid and go down to the front. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, she, and that's, that's like the, the ultimate story of, of basically our entire marriage is, is me being stupid. And she'd be like, you know, you're supposed to do this, right? And I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. God knows so, what we need. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely filled in all the voids of, of my nonsense with her. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, and there, there, she had, she had big shoes to fill in that section. I promise. But, uh, anyway, so that's, that's when I felt that call and that's when that, um, I, I just, I just knew it was done right there. And it wasn't even a call at that point. I knew I was called to, to youth ministry. I knew I wasn't called to, be a, a pastor and it wasn't called to be, you know, an evangelist or a church planner or anything. I was like, I know that I'm called to youth. And, uh, from that day forward, man, it's like, just, I'm just burdened by him. Like I just, any, any, our community and our youth, I mean, I can not even know a kid and see, see one of them struggling. And I'm just like, I just, I want to just take them in, you know, I was yeah. like, let me help you. Like, let me be there for you. Like, I want to do that. That's awesome. And it, it just reaffirms, you know, that, that calling and knowing that, that, uh, that was exactly what he was calling for me. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how that calling came into play. And then, um, I continued to grow. I asked God, I was like, Hey, is this time? Is it time? And I just still felt like you saying, you know, just wait a little longer, wait a little longer. We'll be all right. I'll get you hooked up in the right spot. Just trust me. And so I had to be still for a while and try to learn and grow and, and get some more muck out of my life. And um, eventually uh, we both felt like uh, it was just time to time to step in. We had uh, a temporary um, we had a temporary youth pastor. Well, I say temporary. They stepped into the youth pastor role and then. Uh, had left pretty quickly after it was about a little less than a year, I think, if I remember right. And uh, after they had left, I was like, I think it's time. So we we talked. To, me and my wife prayed about it and talked, and uh, we we felt like it was the right thing to to go ahead and step into. And it, it was just really a uh, really like spiritually relieving in a way to be able to step into yeah. what I felt like has been building up. So um, that's kind of how awesome. like we. We took a youth pastor position at the church. She grew up there. I came back to the Lord there. Like when I went down to the altar and gave my heart to God again, like I had a bag of meth in my pocket. Oh, no. And I went home and I cried that night and I smoked it. Oh, and, man. Because I justified that I bought it. You know, I spent my heart oh, on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can't you just, let it go to waste, just, right? Yeah, yeah, I spent money on yeah. it. God understands, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's where I came back to the Lord. And so we just recently, within the last couple of months, and then I started leading worship there. We got married there. We became youth pastors there for about four years. And it was a, uh, 
like you talked about, like all of a sudden you could see the avenue and that channel that something had been building up. All of a sudden you had a channel for it to go out and it was like a relief of pressure. Like you just, that was, you just knew that that's where it was, yeah, it was yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been having something burning in my heart in the last six months and the same, which out of that has come this podcast mm. and, and, and other things that I've done. Cause it sounds so cliche, but to me, 2020, to me, God's given me a vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that yeah, sounds sure, so stupid. Sure. My wife was like, that's dumb. I was like, I don't care. It's okay. It's okay. All the pastors are using it. Hey. Don't worry. But <laughs> like, I, I, it's, I, it's like something woke up in me and I was like, yeah, where's this new fire? Like, what is this coming from? This new passion, this new compassion, like all this, it was like this, this buildup inside of me and inside my spirit and my heart. And I was like, what, what is happening? And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden my pastor, he had something with his heart. And so like when COVID hit, Mm-hmm. the first service, the next service where we were only live and it was just me, the pastor's wife, my wife, and the guy that did the offering. And then I was doing worship as well. And he asked me to preach. And for like the next three to four weeks I was preaching and it felt like that release was happening that you talked about. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, what is it? Like I would get, I guess, preachy in the youth services. And my wife was like, you need yeah. to kind of dumb it down a little bit. You're doing, not not too much studying, but you know what I mean. Like it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe a little over their heads because our, our new, yeah, our new crop was like 12, 13, 14. Our, yeah, school, yeah. our seniors had already graduated, and so gotcha. I was, for one, kind of used to talking to seniors where they kind of understood a little better. And but it just kept building up, building up, and then this uh, a lead pastor of a church over in a town called Longview. It's about an hour from our house, and mm-hmm. he called me up and he said, "Hey, uh, I talked to your pastor." Um, would you be interested in coming and being, you know, a worship leader and then maybe, mm-hmm. maybe associate? And I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me pray about it. Let me talk, let me talk to my wife. And yeah. when, and when we, when we talked, both of us knew, like, it wasn't that our church was where we were at. We were unhappy because it was very comfortable. We knew everybody, everybody loved us. We loved them. You know, that, yeah. that was our church family, but it was like, God, slowly within the last year or so started putting kind of a thorn in our nest to where we were, we knew that it was time to go to the next step, but we didn't know where it was at. Yeah, Kind of making you restless. And I, I preached my first sermon at this new church last Sunday. Oh, wow. So this is real fresh. Yeah. And so that was like that, that release was there so mm. much. So like, okay, so God, I don't know if you have this when God speaks to you or when he's talking to you, but to me, it's when I'm trying to fall asleep at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll give me sermons. He'll just start pouring things into me or I'll be preaching in my mind and I'll fall asleep to praying and preaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done that a time or two. And it's like all of a sudden this, this, I'm not saying like I'm anything, but this sleeping giant has awakened. Yeah. And now like God is like, okay, you're going in the right direction. I'm just giving you that, that kick in the rear that you always need to start moving in the right yeah. area in the right way it was an amazing thing to be able to share my heart and to be able to, to fulfill that. It, it gives you a level of fulfillment, even though oh, yeah. you're still working during the week and you're coming on Sunday and doing, you know, doing a job. Right, it, it's, right. it's a level of fulfillment that, that I think a lot of people don't understand because they, yep. they, they if they see you not getting paid, they're like, well, why are you doing it? Yep. Speaking on that. So you're, <laughs> you're speaking you're, of not getting paid, right? <laughs> You're bivocational. Now, now did you, yeah. what were your, if, if we can be a little blunt, I like bluntness. I like, I like I'm down. honest. What did you have reserves? Did the pastor come to you? Did you go to the pastor? Like how, how did that, that happen to where then you were the, the leader of the youth? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> it was pretty cool. Cause it, it happened pretty naturally. Um, because like I said, that, that God was kind of, I felt like he was shaping that in me uh, throughout those years. So uh, even though we weren't the, you know, we, we weren't leading the youth yet uh, and doing that, we were still trying to be, you know, adult sponsors, adult volunteers. Like yeah. we were still going to Falls Creek and helping. We were doing anything and everything to <clears throat> just be connected with them and, and kind of being in that mentorship role. So, um, that part was pretty natural. Um, I didn't feel like a whole lot really changed with like what we were wanting to do and what we were wanting to be for them. 
um, it was just more like the responsibility of like, okay, now I'm the one that has to make this happen now. You know what right. I mean? It's like, not like I'm, I'm not facilitating. I'm like, okay, now we got to schedule this stuff and do the, you know, yeah. so, uh, and, and come up with, with, um, uh, a message, uh, to, to teach every single time it's all on me, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. It's like some, sometimes it, it's like, I, I have weeks that I'm, I'm, I think like, Oh man, like, how am I going to do this for like years, come up with different things every yeah. single week. You know? But then I'm like, whenever I stop being stupid and I just listen to God, he's like, I, I got you. Like the, yeah. I've, I've already given you what you're supposed to talk if, about. If you'll just like, just listen for a minute, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll hook you up. You know, it's like, so I get, I get worked up sometimes about stuff, but uh, yeah, uh, I do too. especially when it's there's cause this past Sunday was a big deal. It was our yeah. first sermon and it was going to be kind of the, whether he was going to keep letting me be, you know, the associate. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think he was actually thinking that in his head, but it was a relief to him, you know, because they actually enjoyed it. And the, it was a good response that he had. Yeah. And yeah. Better than the opposite. I right. Mean, then like, I probably uh, wouldn't so be there. I'm going to have to rethink this. Yeah. <laughs> really the, the, the way it happened was, he had been wanting us to step in for a few years. Um, and we just were trying to wait until we felt like God was telling us that it was time to do it. I didn't want to jump the gun. I didn't want to do it unless we were both, you know, in spiritual unity saying like, yeah, it's time to do this. Absolutely. Um, so, um, so it did, it it worked out pretty naturally and they, they were stepping out as, as I feel like God was telling us it's time. And he came to us and was like, okay, like, are you, are you good to do this? Like you ready to go? And we're like, yeah, we can, we, we're ready. So then we, uh, we, I think I'm pretty sure the day that, uh, they had left. Cause when they, cause when they left the, the youth ministry role, sorry, my son, give me a thumbs up real quick. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, good job, dad. So, uh, anyway, um, uh, so whenever they had stepped out, they actually left the church completely. Um, so, um, there uh it was and it was if i remember right it was on a day that we were having a leadership meeting um so all the leadership would come together after church we kind of eat a little bit a little mm-hmm. potluck and talk about the vision of the church stuff that's going on stuff and uh he actually came like and talked to us right before we started eating and then in the meeting he was like okay everybody vote and they're like all right we're good so we basically got asked and started the same day so wow um so it worked out pretty quick on that deal yeah um but uh, it was one of those. He felt like it was a long time coming, and it kind of finally just stuck together type deal. So it, it was really nice. So, so you said there's some things that you, uh, well, being a bivocational, it's very difficult to balance. Yeah, a lot of time balance is everything. Do you have some? <laughs> do you have some wisdom? Maybe you can share some discouragements, but also uh, some wins as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, one one thing, obviously a little envious of, of you pastors that get to just dedicate all the time, uh, to it. Um, just to be like, Oh, what the, you have office hours where you just get to like go over stuff and you know, <laughs> Must and, be you nice. know yeah, yeah. It'd be really cool if I could do that. You know, Oh, you yeah. even have an office. Okay. But no, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, not, not, nothing, nothing against any full. I mean, I would love to, um, you know, if, if God wills it one day, be able to be full time, that would, that would, uh, definitely bring peace to my spirit in that. Um, uh, that'd be great. But now, now if you did that, would you, would you stop the construction stuff? Absolutely. Or could you be I, able to have someone manage it and you, I probably could, yeah. but honestly, honestly, where I'm at is, is anything, anything that is outside of ministry is a means to an end. Yeah. Um, to me, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, it probably wouldn't be a good idea or whatever, but just where my heart is, is like, if I have a way to go full-time ministry, if I got to sell my house and get something smaller, whatever, as long as my family's fed and taken care of, and I'm doing what God's calling me to do, I'll let the company go. I don't, I don't care. That's Um, a big deal. That's a, that's a real, a true calling. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. They, they want to, get as much as they can and, and hold on to it. That's, that's a big deal. That shows a well, lot of, of your heart right there. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's all out there, man. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, I just, I, I love these kids and, uh, I, I just, I struggled. I had a lot of struggles, uh, growing up with just myself. Um, and you know, I have just 
different. Not nothing that my parents did wrong. Like they, yeah. they, you know, I had a great relationship with my parents all through my childhood. They loved me. They took care of me. Yeah. Um, nothing crazy there. Uh, I had lived a pretty blessed childhood. Um, and my, me and my parents still have a great relationship. Everything's good there. Um, but just with myself, you know, your own sinful struggles and everything. And, uh, I just, I want, I don't want them to feel like God has not made a way through those things. Um, because you know, everybody likes to throw the, Oh, Philippians 413, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and that's a powerful and an amazing verse. But if they forget the Christ who strengthens me part is, is the problem that you get this idea of, and this false idea of I can get through all this. I can just ask God and he's going to get me through all of it. And they forget that being faithful and, and praying is part of it, but you also have to do something about it. You know, like you, you have to get into the word. You have to be taking the steps to do that as well as the talk with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, like, like talks about in James, you know, you can't have faith without works and works without faith. It, it doesn't work. You know, you have to, you have to get in and do something about it as well as with your faith. So, and uh, um, so I just, I want them to have that. I want them to be able to know somebody's there. Um, not, not gonna, not gonna judge them if they call and say, Hey, look, I, you know, I messed up. I went to this party. I did this or whatever. I've told my youth, my youth group from the beginning, I said, I don't care if you're at a party and you're just like, slobber drunk or whatever it is yeah. and you messed up and you call me at three in the morning i will come and i'll pick you up and as long as you're safe and you're okay i'll take you home and yeah we're going to talk about it later but <laughs> yeah. i'm going to get you home first and i'm going to yeah. make sure you're safe and i've just told him i was like i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna scold you on the way home or whatever we're just gonna make sure you're safe and healthy and we're gonna talk about it later you know stuff like that i just i want them to know that that god is safe it's you know because i feel like uh, I don't know if it was just me and the way Oklahoma is or what, but, you know, being in the, in the Bible belt or whatever, it's, you get this, this brimfire and hellstone kind of, you know, like all yeah. this, you know, you got to do this or you're going to hell and this and that. And it's just really like cut and dry. And it makes it to where like a relationship with God is cold. Yeah. And that's not the way that it's, that, that Jesus teaches us in, in, you know, anything that he did, nothing was cold. It was all about love. It was all about compassion. You know, uh, makes me think about like um, whenever, you know, he raised Lazarus from the dead. He went and when he showed up and they were all crying, he didn't he wasn't like, oh, yeah, y'all need to chill out. I'm about to raise him from the dead. Just calm down. <laughs> you know, he, he met them where they were and he he, he wept with them. He, he, yeah. he showed compassion for where they were. There's nothing cold about that. No. And, you know, and so it's just I feel like it's just really important that pastors don't forget that, yeah, we have to make sure that they're hearing us, but but we're not the one that's changing anything. The Holy Spirit changes things. God changes things. Uh, you know, he's the one that works on hearts. All, all our calling is and our job is is to be there for him, give him any type of advice and scripture and, and discipleship that we can. But at the end of the day, I'm not changing any hearts. Yeah, you know, it's not me. So that's one that's, of the one of the biggest, I think, most powerful pieces of advice. When I first started off in youth ministry, I had two, three youth, and mm -hmm. I I met this guy at youth camp my first year, and he was talking to me about youth, and he has like I think thirty to forty youth and stuff like that. So I mean, we're guilty of basing numbers on success. So I was like, okay, right. you, obviously you're doing something right. I mean, we can look at it yeah. like that. So what what, yeah. are you, what are you doing right? And he said, the one thing that I've learned, and he'd been doing it for three, four, five years. He said, the main thing for youth is to be there. Every time. Two words. Be there. Go to their stuff. Yep. Show up. Um, be someone that they can call and rely on. Like if they go out and get drunk and do something yep. stupid, they can call you because yep. chances are they'll call you before they call their parents. That's right. Nobody wants to call their no. parents when they're drunk. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll end up trying to sleep it off at a party and possibly end up, you know, you know, getting killed or something. You know, you never yeah. know like, if they're in a dangerous medical situation and they don't want to call their parents because they don't want to make them mad. 
you know, that's, that's tough. So, but no, you're, you're absolutely right. That's, that's one of the, the best things that you can do. Consistency. Um, one of the things, one of the things that, I mean, not to say that you're not going to mess up. I mean, I, you can, you can't count on all, you know, I don't have enough fingers on my hands to count how many times I mess up every day. It's just not going to happen. But, um, but you know, one of the biggest things like in our community, um, we just, we got a lot of, and, and it's everywhere. I mean, it's just kind of, unfortunately, where the way that family culture is going is just, just a lot of broken homes. You know, it's like yeah. you're missing mom, you're missing dad, or or they got divorced and now you got this new mom or new dad that you don't like or they're not nice or whatever it might be or um, that situation. And and they they lose consistency in, in their adolescence and in their growth or in their growth, um, you know, and, and when they're when their, their spirits are maturing and their bodies are maturing and all that stuff's happening and they're holding on to that life is inconsistent. Yeah. Everything's inconsistent. I can't trust that this is going to be the same as it was when I left to go to school and come home. You know what I mean? Like th- there's not that consistency. So when you're able to offer that um, and not only offer consistency, but offer consistent love, you know, like to love on them consistently, they know when they come to you, they're going to be edified. They're going to be built up they're going to be cared about enough for you to take time to talk to them about whatever it was that they needed to talk about, whether it's Minecraft or whether it's, you know, <laughs> whatever TikTok that they saw and thought it was hilarious and had to show yeah. you. And you're just like, what is this? And yeah, what, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever it might be. I yeah. mean, seriously, like even the tiniest little thing, looking at a picture they thought or a meme they thought was hilarious yeah. Just that split second. It takes five seconds to look at it, laugh if it's funny, kind of fake laugh if you have to, if not, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. This is how you care. Yeah. That's right. And they know every time they come to you with something that's important to them, it's important to you. And then they have that consistency and they know that if they absolutely actually need something serious, they're going to be like, okay, this is my best bet. Yeah. Because every time I go there, at least I know what I'm going to get. I have one youth that would always come every single Wednesday and he would show me something funny on his phone yep. every single week, even yep. on Sundays. And he was always there, faithful, always there. Yeah. When he was a little bit younger, he's about 15 now. He would give me a lot of trouble because he talks a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he likes being funny. He would roll around on the floor and be, you know, for everybody oh, yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, what? get up off the floor. And so right. I, I was given the go ahead from his grandparents and his parents to be a little more stern with him. Mm-hmm. But when we announced that we were leaving the church, he came and hugged me and cried and cried and cried and cried. Yeah. And that broke my heart, but also gave me hope because yep. the little small things that like you talked about, just you cared enough just to stop because, you know, I'm a parent. Okay. Mm-hmm. My kid is 11 years old. He, he's a, he's a product of a broken home. Like I was married to his mom and then we got divorced and, uh, there's, he lives with us now. He's been with us for three years and there's a lot of things at being so young when he was, you know, seven and came to live with us that is emotional distress that he doesn't know how to handle and it's bottled up and it's trying to find a channel to go out, you know, hyperactivity and all the other stuff he's dealing with. And, and it's, and you start to realize that, kids deal with this kind of stuff every day and don't know who to talk to. don't know where to take their problems to. And as youth pastors, that weight is so heavy because you, you know that you have exactly what they need. Yeah. And it's, it's a heavy burden. Yeah. And the calling is, it's with, with, without repentance. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, cause there's times that, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have days sometimes to where I'll be at work and I literally can't focus like i'll have have guys coming up to me like hey man i need you to look at these prints with me let's look at this and i need you to show me what the customer wants here or there and my head is just like i wonder what so-and-so is doing like i know they had that test today like maybe i need to text them and let them know you know i prayed for them for the test or whatever it might be you know and like i'm just so gone out of it and i'm like oh crap i gotta (laughs) i I gotta get back to work like what am i doing and then you know like a 30 minute lunch break turns into an hour and a half lunch break and you know and it's just like sometimes some days i'm like uh i need to prioritize <laughs> but at the same time then i get thinking about it i'm like i actually am prioritizing you know because like yeah. that's that's what you know it's like who's am i gonna fire myself no right <laughs> you know what i mean it's like hmm. yeah so what so 
and just simple things like once you see him again, or like I would send a random text. Like the, one of the things that would irritate me is I would send a group text out and nobody would respond. Yes. Oh, all the time. Me. But all the time. It, when I would individually text them, usually they would text Almost me back. Yeah. Yep. And so yep. I'd just be like, hey, so just, just thinking about you today or, hey, hope you're having a good Tuesday or yep. hope your week's going, you know, the test. Always and get it, a response. It means the world to them because you're taking the time. Because, and two, being bivocational, they know that you're out there working and you're yeah. still thinking of them. That's a big deal too. Yeah. And they, it was funny when I told them, uh, cause for the longest, you know, I, cause we, when we started, we had really young, like kind of like what you were talking about, you know, we, we had the, all of our old seniors and juniors and stuff had just went out and we were starting young and yeah. our church is fairly small. So I, I actually do middle school and high school together. Um, yeah. which, which, yeah, it's struggle. <laughs> it's struggle. <laughs> Yeah, I got. I see it on your I face. Got, yeah, I got. I got fart noises in one corner, and then talking about something else in the other corner, and the middle is just like glaring at each other, like really. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's really good. So, uh, yeah. So being being bivocational, what what's one of your biggest hurdles that you've had to overcome? One that I'm still trying to overcome, uh, yeah. and that's and that's making making sure that I'm, I'm given my time, uh, where it needs to be given, uh, and the amount that it needs to be given to, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really probably the most, one of the most difficult things that I do. Um, and that's, you know, that's being healthy with my son, being healthy, healthy with my wife, um, being healthy with my church and my youth group, being healthy with trying to not overwhelm myself with my job because, you know, what I do is it's, it's detail oriented. You have a lot of stuff like yeah. I can meet with a customer and they could change seven things. And if I get a phone call from a youth on the way back to the truck before I can write it down, I'm like, uh, and then, you know, like, you know, so prioritizing and sometimes it's like, okay, if they would have called me, I could have called them back in two seconds and I could have wrote that down and not had to have a second meeting and then put myself <laughs> behind it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm in my personality. Constantly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, my personality a lot of times is what my wife likes to tell me is all or nothing. That's just yeah. the way I am. It's like, I'm either doing it or I'm not. Yeah. And my wife and tells all, me the same thing. I, yeah. I'm all in or not. Yeah. yeah. So, cause it's like, you know, like say <laughs> if, uh, if I'm going to, uh, build my, um, like I, I went to build a back deck uh, on our house and my wife was wanting a back deck and this was like a few years or a year ago or so anyway. So like just as an example, so I go and I'm like, okay, I could probably build like a little 12 by 20 or something and knock it out and get her a nice little deck and that'd be fine. And then I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, I don't know. I could probably put some spindles on the rails and make that look pretty good. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I probably need to go ahead and make it a little bigger. Cause what if we want to get, you know, my son a pool or a little mini pool and then we need room for that. And then, Oh, and then I need a storage box for the toys. And I guess I could go ahead and just wire up some fans and some lights, you know, cause it gets hot, you know? Yeah. And next thing you know, we got like a 32 by 12 deck and it took me two weeks and like, you know, she's like, I just wanted a little deck. That's, you know, and that's little. So, yeah. I mean, I could have went way bigger. I mean, it's totally little. It's, it's only three quarters of the length of the house. No yeah. big deal. Right. You know. So yeah, it's very go big or go home. And, uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's not so good. And sometimes it's good. Um, so it's got to it. Yeah. So what, have, what has been one of your biggest hurdles with, uh, the Corona going on? Have y'all, uh, have y'all shut down or y'all, y'all been going still? Cause I know it's, it depends on where you're at, but yeah, so more concentrated. we're not, we're not like in the red zone. We're not in any of that right now. I mean, we definitely got plenty of cases going on. I mean, like everywhere in the world, but, yeah. um, and, and it's, you know, most of our cities and stuff around here all have, you know, like mask mandates and stuff like that yeah. going on. And, uh, but w what we do is we live stream and we tell all of our, um, congregation basically like if you feel comfortable coming please join us if you don't we're going to have it up on the live stream you can do that too um, which, whichever you feel most comfortable with but we're here and the doors are open if you want to come uh, same thing for the youth um, we do the same thing with that so we try to but most most of the youth they 
don't really care <laughs> to be honest yeah. whether it's good or bad but um we we've definitely seen a pretty decent hit in our numbers for sure yeah. um i'm sure like everywhere you know but um you know because like when we very first started we had maybe maybe five or six youth um because i mean we're, we're in a really rural community mm-hmm. um and it's like the closest town to us is like a 10 or 12 minute drive each way from our church so we're like in nowhere so uh yeah uh so anyway so yeah so um we went from about six or so and then there for right before all this stuff really hit um we you know we got up to 25 uh or so Mm -hmm. give or take um trying to um we were were growing pretty good uh they're inviting a lot of a lot of friends and there was a lot of growth uh spiritual growth as well um mainly um you know numbers are a byproduct of spiritual growth absolutely or or should be anyway right um i always you know uh, i don't know i i gotta be careful with what i say sometimes i don't want to make anybody (laughs) upset bridle if you can bridle your tongue james says right isn't that what that was you know (laughs) your whole heart your whole heart you know yeah and my my tongue is not doesn't like bridles very good sometimes but uh yeah, my wife came to me. She was like, "Maybe you shouldn't have said it that way." I'm like, well, I'm not yeah. lying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not wrong. Like, it's it's true, but no, I just it's it's so hard sometimes, especially in I see it a lot, like in rural communities and churches, to not just be like like the Chuck E. Cheese of youth group. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let's, let's spend all this budget on getting these inflatables and getting this big boombox or this big surround system and all this stuff. And let's like make it super fun. And then they just want to come and then we'll just, you know, throw a little Jesus in there. So then, you right. know, cause, try to you trick know, them to get, get them there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, let's get them there for something fun. And then we'll just be like, Oh wait, hold up. Let's talk about Jesus for a minute. And then all of them just off and then look at their phones and, you know, like yeah. it's not truly engaging. And, it's so easy to do that because if you look at the numbers and then the church is seeing it, it's like, Oh yeah, they had like 50 kids there the other night. Like that's, that's half the school, you know, it's like right. <laughs> out here anyway. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but really that like, mean, it means nothing. Exactly. If they're not being discipled and they're not really, you can have a room full of converts or yep. Christians, but no conversions is pointless. That's right. You could have a room full of pew sitters. Yeah. Or consumer uh, Christians. That's dangerous. Exactly. too. Oh yeah. It's like, what can you give me? What else can you give me? Oh, do you have, you have some cool videos? All right. I'll eat that up. (laughs) Oh, you got some pamphlets. Okay. I'll take that too. You know, but it's like, you know, anyway, we could get off on that. (laughs) This will be a four hour long podcast if you're not careful. So something, something the interview, uh, from, I guess it was this week's episode. Sometimes I lose track of them. He said something that I never thought of before. And it, I was like, you know, that's, that's kind of brilliant. He said that he, he does youth and ministers in church with no expectation. Mm. And I was like, no expectation. You don't want anything. But he was saying like, he says he has kids that will come and eat every Wednesday for free food. And you, if you don't be careful, you can let yourself get upset about that when really your ministry should be to serve them, not to mm-hmm. not want them to be a number. Well, like, yeah, you, you wow, should give cool. without wanting something in return. Yeah, I was like, man, yeah, that, because that becomes the because we become the consumer church. Like we're wanting yeah. to get people to come to our you know church, yeah. and then people know that they're, they they oh, don't yeah. talk to church people because they want us. Oh, they're they're going to try to get my ties. I know what they're doing. You know, that's right. They just want that paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like so, oh, they'll give us a little coffee on the front end, trying to get the big right? bucks on the back end. <laughs> yeah. I know what it is. Yeah, it's, it, people see the truth and they see. They see hidden agendas without even trying. Yeah. So for someone out there who is right now, they are bivocational themselves. What have you learned in the years you've been doing it? And what could you leave them with as kind of a final statement to encourage them to keep going on? Yeah. So I guess uh, a lot of the things that I've learned, um, is like we talked about, one of the big things is, you know, it's, it has a lot to do with the little things, you know, like being there in those little moments when you're super stressed out or you got craziness going on, but you literally took a second to talk to them or to look at that, that picture or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a big one. And then 
Um, honestly, one of the other big things that I, I've always tried really hard to make very clear is I tell all my youth, no matter what, I don't care what I've, I've taught you what I've read. I don't care if I read the scripture 14 times. If, if you are taking what I say as the Bible, you're not doing yourself any good. Right. I'm supposed to be a helper. I'm supposed to help with those things and, and give mentorship and things like that. But if you're believing something because I said it, it's not worth anything. You have to believe it because you believe it because you discovered that. Right. Um, and, and a lot of times it's really, it's easy to be like, okay, well, I know that I'm teaching sound doctrine. I know that I'm, I know my context. I know what's going on. I know I'm not leading them in the wrong direction, whatever it might be. But it's so critical that they have to own that. Yeah. Because it's so easy to live off of your pastor's faith. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, or you're, and it's even easier for youth because youth can live off their youth pastor's faith. Yeah. So easily. Because they're like, okay, I know I don't have to read the Bible because he's going to be, he's going to come in twice a week and give me my sermon. And I can, even if I apply it to my life, that's, you know, that's a couple times a week I'll reform a little bit and then I'll go, you know what I mean? Like, you know, let, letting them do the work for you or whatever, which, you know, that's not a problem, but. Then they're dependent on you instead of the word of God. That's right. That's right. And, and when we get called to, to minister, we're not always called to minister in the same spot forever. Yeah. And, and that leads to a lot of brokenness if all they're doing is relying on you for their faith. Yeah. Because if God calls you somewhere else, what's, what'd you leave them with? Yeah. Not a lot. Um, that would, that would be the other, th- uh, another thing. And then, I mean, really the last thing is if you're like on the fence about youth ministry, like if you're like, man, I don't really know if, if God's calling me to do this, but you know, I connect with the kids pretty good or whatever. Don't apply for a youth pastor position. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm just being straight up with you, yeah. I mean, just being honest, go be an adult volunteer in a youth group for a while yeah. and pray about it a lot. Because if you don't know that you know that you know that this is right for you, it's really, really hard. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, it's not something that like, you know, like, like right now, um, and I, I, it's such a huge blessing to be able to do, I, I, I love that we have chosen to do this, but like one of our um, one of our girls in our youth group, um, she was having some issues at home and and not like bad or anything, but like there was just some connectivity issues and things. Um, she was not meant to be with some family that she was you know with for a while, and it just she just wasn't settled you know yeah. like in a good home situation. Like she just didn't feel that connectivity, I guess if you will. Yeah. Um, but. So we had just recently, you know, we're working on transferring her guardianship and she's just come uh, moved in with us and she's going to be oh, wow. living with us. And indefinitely. I mean, um, so she we, we just she's already she's part of our family. So my son loves her. Uh, she loves him. Uh, it's I mean, just huge blessing to have her here. Um, but things like that, it's like if if I was doing just just doing me. I would never in a million years probably choose that, Yeah, you know, and, and I would be missing out on so many blessings for, for what I was called to do. But it feels, you know, I know that, that God has ordained that situation and, and he's, he's blessed us with that situation because it's a blessing while we're doing it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not, um, it's so easy sometimes to see what you want to do for God and not what he's called you to do for God. I guess that's what I'm trying to bottom line get to Yeah. Um, is because, you know, like mm. just because something like, you know, that's the right thing to do. Like, you know, it's it, the right thing is to go and evangelize to these people and let them know about Jesus. If you're not called to be an evangelist, you, you are not going to feel like that, that spiritual, like that release of peace. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like we were talking about earlier. Trying to step into like, somebody else's calling instead of what that's God's right. called you to do. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like youth is such a specific one because it's like you're dealing like with teenagers all day. Hormones like, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hormones <laughs> everywhere. And then, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, it's like 
you have to be called and love them to to be able to minister to them the way that that you know the word teaches us to yeah um ministering on a discipleship level you know not like a i'm teaching you some stuff but like on an actual discipleship level to adults is so drastically different from teenagers just for the simple fact that they're in a different place in their life they don't care about what house they live in or what the joneses are doing next door or what you know he just came home with a new truck and whatever, you know, like they don't care about that. They're yeah. trying to figure life out. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what's wrong with my voice? What's wrong with my face? What's, what am I, I supposed to do with my life? Yeah. I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, like, what am I doing? You know, and they're like, oh, I, I want to take, I, I want to do this at school this day. Oh, no, I want to do that. No, I want to be this. And, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just such a, and, and it's an awesome opportunity because, we get to minister to them in the, one of the most pivotal times yeah. in their whole life. Like when, when they leave our youth group, you know, they're, they're choosing what career they're going to take the rest of their life. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, they're setting up the foundation and, and we're called as youth pastors to be ministering and, and guiding them to know how to be part of the church. Um, and that'll be my last thing of point, like of thing maybe to, to help with is, uh, you know, make sure that part of your curriculum or whatever, I don't know if you like, if you build your own curriculum or if you go off of something, whatever you might do, but um, whatever that looks like, make sure that a heavy portion of that is teaching them how to be part of the church. Yeah. Whether it's like, cause, cause you know, as soon as they leave you, they go to college, they got the BCM for a few years, if they even go, cause it's, it can be weird cause it's totally different than most churches. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and if, if they go to that, they have a few years of that and then it's like, Oh, there's nobody just sitting here providing something for me that has to do with God. Like I actually have to choose to give up one of my only days off maybe to go and do this all day. You know, and like that could be a scary thing too, especially exactly. if, they, if they don't really understand how it works or how to be a part of I, it. It, exactly. it can be an overwhelming feeling and there's, they just won't go because they don't want to yeah. feel that way. And if they and if they were going to church and they had and their faith was built off of their their youth pastor's faith and mm-hmm. they didn't own it themselves, why would they choose to go back to church? Yeah, they, they you know what I mean. Like what 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 is there to own that? I mean you know. So, but that would be a huge one. You know whether it's just encouraging them to hey, I, well I mean I know all churches are different, but like you know if it's cool with your church, hey can can some of the youth take the offering plate around or can they. Mm-hmm you know, go and read a scripture before service or give them responsibility, help with yeah, the sound, yeah, help with the, exactly. you know, do a little egg shaking thing on the worship right. team, you know, something, that's just get right. them involved. Yeah. Uh, give them a microphone that's dead. You know, right? just let him, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just let him belt it out. But they won't, they won't know. Give them that one in the corner that hadn't worked for four years. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. Give them a cord, a, one with a cord, but don't, don't put the cord in it. That's like right. the wireless, oh, the wireless <laughs> kind. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to look like the other ones. It's fine. That's right. That's right. But but that that would be a big one, man. Whether it's like, hey, you're the one that you need to come in and make sure the lights are on and turn the projector on and hook my computer up, or you know, like little stuff. It's not like you're just trying to make them do all your stuff for you, but so you're letting responsibility, them just like you do with your kids. Yeah. Exactly. You got to let them own it. Like your, your kids at home are never going to respect their home if they don't have to own taking care of it. Yeah. That they're not going to own their faith unless they are responsible for taking care of it. Yeah. I like that. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, if they, yeah, there you go. (laughs) I like that. That was good. Thank you God. Cause it was not me. (laughs) Cause I could have never come up with something like that. (laughs) I already know If, if you need something built, welded something like that i got you <laughs> that stuff that's all god i just i'm not capable of that and that's how it keeps you humble i guess uh, uh <laughs> between between him and my wife there's lots of humility i promise right. you that <laughs> one one time it was at our old church my wife uh i i preached and I asked her for honest opinion, you know, because I always do. I, I want to know yeah. her input. And so I can see if I need to improve or if the way I delivered it well, you know, I want to be a, a good speaker and a, a good communicator. Yeah. So, and she was like, well, you've done better. I was like, <laughs> okay, thanks. 
Yeah, I threw a little uh, attitude and everything. I was like, you know what? Never mind. You know what? I'll go ask somebody who I know will actually tell me what right. I want to hear. I, I want to hear something positive, not you've done better. Right. And that's like, oh, it's it's so real, though, because, like, my wife does that to me. <laughs> like, and, and what's bad? I can see it on your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it just, it'll just, like, done. But, like, I'll, I'll be just like we'll come home on Sunday morning and I'll know that you know like you know whenever a message is like a little off not yeah. like it's like wrong or like you know like anything like that but you just know like you weren't killing it you know right. what I mean like yeah. they weren't super connected they weren't you know like it was just like kind of eh, like I've done better I know yeah because uh, you know everybody's got those days but anyway so like I I'll have one of those and she'll be like, we'll come home. She'll be like, so, uh, didn't really, <laughs> didn't really, uh, ask them very many questions or get them engaged really. So, uh, you might want to, you know, work on that a little bit. And like, Straighten it up, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's one of the best things though. I, I think one of the, the most like, it doesn't sound edifying right now i promise but (laughs) one of the most edifying things about like how how she does things for me is like she knows that i don't want to hear those things so like i don't ask about them but she just tells me because she's like i know you need to hear this yeah you know and and it it sucks for a minute but then like i'll get to thinking i'm like yeah i needed to hear that like yeah that's right so it's it's good to hear but it's necessary absolutely without checks and balances man we're we're all in trouble absolutely so well austin thanks for coming on today i really yeah. appreciate it um i love this topic this was really good because i i lived this before yeah and, uh, it was like i even went kind of the opposite i guess i was hired on i quit my full-time job to come on full-time they matched the pay and everything yeah and then within a year they cut my pay in half and so i was like <laughs> What do I do? It's like, but, uh, but I was doing my photography thing and, and it like it took off and, and God just blessed. We never missed a bill. And it yeah. was uh, God always provides when we're faithful and do what he tells us to do. And we follow in his That's will. Right. That's right. Yeah. Cause I, I can contest that or, or testify to that too. I mean, like, you know, just starting my company out and even sometimes now, I mean, you know, between, between jobs and stuff. I mean, if, if you got a job, and it falls through or they cancel the contract and you didn't have something else that was lined up might be lean for a minute. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not like you can just go like, Oh, I'll just put some more hours in. It's like, no, like that's, if you don't get jobs, you don't make any yeah. money in this. So, you know, and just starting out, it was, it was super lean, uh, yeah. super lean. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. But I promise you, man, like there was, there was times, and when Sarah, when Sarah and I first got married, when we truly learned like what tithing was supposed to mean, yeah, um, and yep. and that it's that it's literally an act of worship. It's not like some type of another bill or something you have to pay. Like it's it's an act of, of submission and worship and and showing God who He is in your life. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When we first got married, we just got out of college, and I did not have any money i sold my car to buy her wedding ring uh yeah so anyway i bought a cheap hundred dollar ring that was uh cubic zirconian or whatever yeah. i don't i don't know until our five year i actually had money and I, so i got her like a real one yeah and i said i don't know if you knew that that wasn't real she's like yeah i kind of <laughs> figured because she had to pay yeah. for the uh the what's the the wedding paper what is it called the license marriage license she oh, had, to, she had to pay for that. Yeah. The 80 bucks it was at the courthouse. She had to pay for yeah. it. Oh no. <laughs> she still, she's like, I still don't know why I married you. Cause you were, right. you were broke. You didn't even, ha- I had to sell my car to get out of jail when I got arrested six years ago. And so I, I didn't have a car. I was borrowing a vehicle from my cousin that I was living with to go see her every week. And she's like, I don't, you didn't have a job or nothing. Like I got a job right. and two months later we got married. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. When well, you got yeah. it, you got it. You know what I mean? You got it. You got it. <laughs> That's right. It, I mean, it was meant to be if you picked her up in that. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. using a uh, old Ford van to go pick her up and, and take her out. <laughs> like every, every dime I got from odd jobs, 
uh, I was using to take her out to to eat. And right on. She's like, I just God blinded me, and I'm like, I'm glad he did, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, Lord, for not have, giving sight when I don't want you. To do it. <laughs> yeah. Amen. It's like, uh, yeah, that's right. It's like, uh, could you not heal this blind girl for this time? Just leave her blind for a while. <laughs> just, just let her be blind for the rest of our lives. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. But, uh, but no, that's that was that was uh, during that time though. It was, it was crazy. Uh, I mean, we had dollars. Yeah. in the old bank account and and when we were faithful and tithe crazy stuff like one time we were like we're doing it we're putting it first and literally like three days later like i wasn't sure how i was going to get to work because i didn't have enough gas to get put it in my truck to go to work yeah and um literally like two days later um when i was pretty much on e um my uh my wife had gone to the doctor like the week before and she uh um her the, our insurance overcharged or no the the hospital overcharged the insurance company and the insurance company can't take it back so they had to give it to us oh wow and it was like yeah it's some kind of like how does this even happen thing and it was like you know like 250 bucks or something you know like just yeah. enough to get fuel and food and whatever and get us through like God has always provided. And when I think I'm not going to get any jobs or I'm, I don't have any things that are taken off under contract or whatever, God always provides for us no matter what. So he is, he's always faithful. And, and he's shown that time and time again, because that whole time where it got cut in half and we were like, well, what are we going to do? Somehow every bill was paid. We never missed yep. ties. And the year our money got cut in half, when we got our tax thing back or, or from the church saying how much you're paying ties. Oh yeah. Somehow we doubled from the year before. What? That's how God does things when we stay faithful to him and just do and, and obey. And Because this is how I explained a guy that was a new convert at the church. I told him, I said, listen, in your ties, in your life, your relationships, your, your home, your kids, your house, your vehicle, everything that's given to you, give right back to God. Everything. Like I got a new truck a few months ago. And it was the first truck I ever got. It was so excited. It was the first thing that I got that my parents' name wasn't on. You know what I mean? It was one of those yep, things where I'm yep. like, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's yeah. my truck. And, <laughs> yeah. And I went out there and I, I took anointing oil and I, I just anointed my truck and I prayed over it. And I gave mm-hmm. it, I, I dedicated it back to God. And my son comes yeah. out there and he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm praying over my truck. I'm giving it back to God. It's his. And he was like, he looked at me kind of weird. He's like, really? I said, yeah. But I was showing him that when yeah. God gives you something, you give it back. Why wouldn't God right. bless something that is his? That's right. That wouldn't make sense for him not to. Yep. And so he slapped his Man, hand on the, on the uh, on the the hood of the truck and he said, bless it, Jesus. And then he took off running <laughs> laughing. <laughs> yeah. My, what's uh, wrong with you? My, my son is almost, he'll be three November the 25th. Uh, so he's getting there. My son, and- November 21st. No way. Yeah. There you go. That's a good <laughs> that's a good month. It's a good month, yeah. <laughs> good month. My wife was born on the on the seventeenth of November, so Oh really? Uh, yeah, her birthday present was my son. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. It was good. Yeah, for that year. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh um he, he's just now starting to pray. Uh like he's just now like we've been we pray with him every night. Uh my wife does if I'm not you know, able to help put him to bed or whatever. But every night we always ask him, you know, like, Hey, what do you want to pray for? And then we pray for those things, like whatever it's monster trucks or whatever it might be. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But, uh, he always, he, he always prays my, my, uh, my father-in-law, uh, my wife's dad, he's, he's battling leukemia. He's down in oh. Houston doing that. And he always, he calls him grandpa. And, uh, every night I want to pray for grandpa. Yeah. And, you know, he's yeah, pray, pray for grandpa, pray for, bunch of people uh you know like all this stuff and he, he loves it he, like yeah. list all the things like my box uh the monster <laughs> truck my dump truck my excavator you know like all the stuff and uh the stuff he cares about you know but he just now started where we could get him to pray out loud and it's not very loud he's like oh, thanks god <laughs> Like, like he whispers yeah. and he, he lays his head down on the table, yeah. like in squint his eyes. And he's like, Oh, thank you. God. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. He's, he's killing it though. So, 
Uh, looking forward to to hearing some of those those prayers one of these days. See what comes out of his brain. So, awesome. well, I've held you up longer than I meant to. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no, you're good, man. I've I've enjoyed getting to know you in the fellowship, man. It's it's been good. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your heart and kind of talking about the struggles with uh, being bivocational. So don't forget, you can check us out at faithandfailures.com, where every episode we put out every week is on the website. Just click on podcast, and it'll show you all the episodes. As well as YouTube, you can search Faith and Failures, and every episode that we put out will be on YouTube. All right, we'll see you all next week.